0: Well, gap years are for everyone. We've been seeing a slew of smart cookies pursuing the gap year pathway, and Oliver is no exception. Oliver in this episode shares a little bit about entrepreneurship, a little bit about his gap year experience, and there are so many gems to take away from this. So stick around and listen to Oliver in his episode. people sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. Hello there, everybody. Michelle Dittmer here with the Gap Year podcast. Today, I have with me Oliver, who is currently on his Gap Year and has a really unique experience and is dabbling in the world of technology and entrepreneurship and has some really great lessons and messages he wants to share with us. So welcome to the podcast, Oliver.
1: No, thanks for having me on. I'm I'm really excited to kind of like I said, talk about uh, my gap year experience and maybe uh, see if anyone can actually learn from it. So, yeah.
0: I'm sure they can. Uh, it's always great to hear right from the mouths of people who are, are living it, because I, yeah. can, I can say things till I'm blue in the face, but to hear from somebody who's, who's there and living it and going through it right now is so valuable to parents and to future gappers. So maybe yeah. you do you want to tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and, and where you're coming from and, and how you came to the decision about taking a gap year?
1: Sure. So my path was kind of unconventional. Um, I kind of was planning on going to university basically since like grade eight. Uh, At first, I kind of wanted to go into medicine. My family really pushed me in that direction. And and now something that interested me. Um, And then I kind of began to say, well, hey, maybe science isn't for me. Um, I find it interesting and I'm pretty good at it, but, uh, I don't know if this is what I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. So I don't know, ever since a young age, I was kind of always fascinated with entrepreneurship. Like I always heard stories from my grandfather who lived in communist Poland, kind of hustling, like going to Romania, picking up shirts, bringing them back to Poland and selling them. Um, so that kind of hustler entrepreneurship mindset was something that I kind of always liked from a young age. So I don't know, I kind of looked at the world of business, and I was like, hey, like this is cool. Um, uh, and then I kind of came across finance in about uh, grade 10. I, I, was, I was familiar with it before, but I kind of began to really delve into it. Um, began reading a lot of books, tried to figure out like, how to begin to model, wanted to learn about the stock market, stuff like that. Um, and then kind of from then on, I was like, Hey, like finance is it for me? And, and that's kind of where I was like, okay, well, I can either go into trading, hedge funds or investment banking, something like that. So that was kind of where I was, I was headed. So I was like, okay, well go to a top business school and graduate with good marks, kind of, um, and get, and get involved in high school, get good marks and you'll, you'll be on that path. So that's kind of what I did. So I joined student council, did a bunch of clubs, I was already involved in sports Um, ended up kind of, uh, being student body president, um, did a bunch of advocacy work. Uh, and, and that's kind of the path I was headed on. Um, and then I kind of, I don't know, I had a couple conversations with my sister specifically and, and she's someone who I kind of attribute a lot of to this kind of unconventional thinking about the gap here. I was like, okay, so I'm 18, right? Well, I was 17 at that time, but I was like, okay, well, this is kind of like the best time of my life. I'm at my prime. I don't have achy bones. Uh, I'm excited to kind of go brace the world. Uh, And I was like, okay, so if I'm 17 and I can't even sign a contract, why do I think it's okay to dive headfirst into $40,000 of debt and then essentially plan out the rest of my life based on this decision I'm about to make? So that kind of didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I began thinking about it more and more and more. And I already had applied to schools and had some offers. Um, and, and this is about March. So I was like kind of thinking, okay, well, I don't know, is this the best option for me? Is this where I'm gonna grow the most? And I wasn't certain that the answer was yes. So for me, uh, I began thinking, okay, well, hey, what are the other options? Obviously, you can go work, take a gap year, travel. Um, and looking at a lot of my friends, I was like, Hey, well, no one else is doing this. I, I was really scared actually, because I thought I was going to be like completely alone because all my friends were obviously moving away. So like, there was a lot of fear in that decision. And then I kind of came to it and I'm like, Hey, well, honestly, there's nothing that can bad that can come of taking a year off to get to know yourself better, um, get to know your interests better and kind of part away from societal norms. Like I don't know if you're familiar with Hannah Arendt, but um, for those of you listening who aren't familiar with her, she was kind of a a German-American epistemologist, philosopher, political theorist. And I was reading some of her work and it kind of hit me because what she said was uh, when you ask someone what they do, they always kind of respond with their economic role. Like, okay, I'm a plumber, I'm an electrician, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm a nurse, whatever, right? Rarely do they say, Oh, I take care of my family, or uh, I like to read about uh, airplanes, right? It, it's always kind of confined by your economic role. And I thought that taking a year off to understand what I actually want, what I actually value, was something that I thought could be really valuable for my personal development. And then that could then translate into my career development. So to put everything I just said succinctly, I wasn't completely sure that going to university straight off the bat was the best choice for me. And that's why I said, Hey, there's no rush. I'm 18. I'm probably going to live to about 85. Like (laughs) let's hope. Um, So I was like, why not take one year just to understand my, myself because I'm going to work for the next 40 years. And I want to make sure that I'm making the right choice. Obviously you can pivot and change, but you know, uh, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm starting off on the right foot. So yeah.
0: <laughs> I I love I love that story. Um, I love that you had the awareness to realize that uh, jumping into a post-secondary path wasn't the only option out there, because a, a lot of people just aren't aware that the gap year pathway is an option. Um, because in high school, you're you're being fed with information about the universities and colleges that are out there, uh, and yet the gap year conversation doesn't come up in conversation as much uh, as the other pathways because it. Is a little bit of a, a less known piece, so um, congratulations on on having that awareness that it exists Thanks. and that and and wow. the confidence to pursue something different than your peers. Um, so good on your sister for helping you come yeah. to find some of that clarity and uh, your own research and in exploring different ways of thinking that that push the the societal norm boundaries. Um, I think that's right. great. And one of the things that really resonated with me in that uh, And what you just said was the idea of, of slowing down and taking some time now that will define the rest of your career. Um, I I read a really neat analogy that, that struck a chord with me. It was talking about, let's say you're going out for dinner, um, which is a very low barrier, very easy decision to make. Let's say you take five minutes
1: for some, for some,
0: that's true. That's true. (laughs) The the decision between pizza and sushi is sometimes overwhelming. Um, But, let's say you you take about five minutes to decide where you're going to eat for for going out for dinner. Yeah. That seems like a very reasonable amount of time to do that. Mm-hmm. But when you factor in the percentage of time it takes out of your, let's say two hour meal, um if you actually did the same percentage of your working hours, it would be two entire years of working oh, hours, um, which I think puts things really into perspective that you're willing to take those five minutes for an inconsequential decision, like where you're going to eat for dinner. And yet the, the barriers that get thrown up when you say, no, I actually want to figure out my life, which is, I would argue a little bit more, uh, important than where you're going yeah. to eat for dinner. Uh, but the idea of slowing down to figure it out is almost unheard of, or people are shocked that that's what you would like to do. So well, I think it's really neat that you were able to step into that decision with that, that awareness.
1: I saw this tweet the other day and it was, like you you see all these articles how to be more outgoing how to be more confident um and I forget who tweeted it out but they raise an interesting point um no one actually writes articles or teaches people how to be more quiet and more reflective and I think that that's something that a lot of people lack like actually thinking critically about your decisions and what the future is going to look like because I don't know how familiar you are with like Neuralink but Neuralink is um like this new technology that Elon Musk is working on and I'll kind of Summarize what it's all about. So you have your limbic system, which is your body, which is kind of responsible for all your bodily functions, whether it be going to the washroom, sleeping, stuff like that. You have your cortex, which is your brain, and that is responsible for kind of uh, what most people think is thinking. But people don't realize that ninety percent of your brain's, um, your, your cortex system's function is is just navigating the limbic system. So making sure that you sleep, making sure that you go to the washroom, making sure that you eat. Um, so Essentially, what he's trying to create is an AI version of yourself. So you would essentially go in for like a cosmetic surgery. You go in for two hours. They'd hook you up to uh, your your brain to the internet, and then it kind of is uh, the reverse of brain computer interface technology. So brain computer interface technology is um, taking brain waves and then translating them into computer data. This takes computer data and tra- translates them into to brain waves. So essentially, you would have an AI version of yourself that would essentially be connected to the internet and you'd have all this information being like a hyper human, superhuman. So like that, he says that that's five to 10 years away. I don't know how accurate that is, but like, I think people also need to realize like where is the world headed and is a university degree the best use of that time? Because now you have the internet and you can basically learn everything on there. So that's like, again, another thing that I was just to go back considering like, okay, where, where are we headed and and how does my journey fit into kind of the future so again another thing that people should probably think about
0: (laughs) yeah i really like that because i think we used to look at people like if we go back 100 years those with more knowledge were more successful and we we've completely shifted away from that with our access to information that is in the palm of our hand now anybody can look it up so I used to be a high school biology teacher. And so having students memorize the Krebs cycle is so irrelevant because they can just look that mm-hmm. up, but they need to understand why the Krebs cycle is important and what that does within the cellular function. And I think that right. that is, is the part that we're sometimes missing. We're, and, mm-hmm. and that's part of the value of a gap year and part of the, the critical skills that come out of doing something that is non-academic, non-formal academic, um, is right. developing those critical thinking and the reflection capacity to be able to make connections um, right. and, and so I think that that is really interesting and and if we look at the future of work and we, we hear all these articles about right. AI right. and yeah. automation and all these jobs are disappearing um, it's, it's not that they're disappearing they're just shifting away from those Core knowledge pieces, or right. they're shifting away from the physical labor pieces. But there is still a, an incredibly large human component that can't be at this stage done by uh, by machines. So, I think that 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 reality that you're talking about there, and and that ability to reflect and make connections and take pause to do that, is so essential.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. Like obviously, we're not going to get into the problems with the education system, but there definitely are some things that university can't teach you. Um, and I think there is obviously a lack of relevance. So taking a year off, I think sometimes can be, uh, a time for you to delve into the things that you're interested in. And for me, like when I first brought it up with my parents, it was uh, a little bit of a tough conversation, uh, to put it, uh, slightly. Um, so, I don't, I don't, I think that a lot of people don't realize that taking a year off doesn't mean that you stop learning. It just means that you learn about things that you're actually interested in. So for me, it was like, okay, what am I interested in? What do I want to learn about? And for me, that was like computer science. Um, I, I, I was always interested in it, never really had time to really delve into it, but now it was kind of a period where I was like, Hey, I can learn about whatever I'm interested in, whether that be philosophy, reading like classical literature or whatever it is, I can just go and do it. Right. And for me, That was really awesome because, I don't know, I look at, if I were in a classical business program, classical business education, I'd be learning accounting right now. And it's kind of interesting to me that they're still teaching accounting because nobody actually has to understand it. You just use QuickBooks, right? There's like so many new technologies that are rendering a lot of the information completely useless. So making sure that you can actually then just apply the knowledge in the ways that it needs to be applied um, is something that I think a gap year can, can help with. So, yeah, <laughs> that's all.
0: Yeah, I think that's great, and and I think that's a great segue into following your passions, following the things that are of interest to you. So, what have you gotten up to since stepping out of? So after graduating grade twelve, what right. does what does your journey look like so far on your gap year?
1: So, kind of started off with the summer. Um, first of all, it just took like a week just to relax, and then I kind of became restless. Um, started to teach myself um, computer science, um, starting off with Python. I'd like to think I've made some progress, um, but you know I'm not so sure. Um, it's a work in progress. But I kind of had a couple business ideas that I wanted to work on, a couple of things that I thought was that were interesting. So I said, you know what? Why don't I I go pursue these? Um, so a lot of them are still in the works. So um, I kind of want to keep them on the down low, but um, I'm sure in 2020, uh, if you uh, want to connect with me, I, there's going to be some more information about that. But um, for the meantime, it's all kind of stealth mode. Um, but yeah, we're linked up with a lot of really, really smart people. Some who are still in high school and on the, kind of our computer science team. And then some people who are um, in university and we're like, hey, why don't we um, do something interesting, make something that the world actually wants. Um, so yeah, for me, this was kind of a year of experimentation. Um, both for for learning and then also for business uh later on i I plan on doing some traveling so that's gonna be exciting and i think there might be some overlap with kind of making it a business trip but um yeah so for me it was just kind of doing the things that i didn't have time to do in university or not university but but in high school um and and even things like smaller things like actually developing stronger relationship with my family like i'm i have six siblings um, and it's like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to always kind of keep up to date with what they're doing. But now I had time to like go to my brother's basketball game, like stuff that I never actually got to do in high school because I was so busy. So um, even on a personal note, like developing those personal relationships as well as your kind of professional career, I think those are all things that are valuable. But yeah, um, to put it succinctly, uh, I've been working on a bunch of different projects that are kind of in development. Um, so yeah. all all exciting stuff. We'll we'll see what comes of it. Um, who knows it might all fail, but again, that's a learning lesson and a cheap one at that because you know, like there's, it's all upside for me.
0: Yeah. I, sometimes I talk about gap years as this, this risk-free trial. Mm-hmm. Um, you think you look yeah. at all these new mattresses that are coming out, 90-day 90, 90 money-back guarantee. Uh, and I look at, at a gap year as that. It's an opportunity 100%. to get out there and to test things with a very, very low risk factor. Um, you don't have a mortgage. You don't have a family you have to support. Um, a lot of people still have the opportunity to live in their parents' home during their year. So there really isn't a lot of risk that they take on um, over the course of the year. And it's an opportunity to try things. Uh, A lot of people wouldn't buy these new mattresses if they didn't have that ability to send it back if they didn't like it. And it's the same thing with a gap year. So you can test out um, different fields or different areas of interest with the opportunity to say, actually, you know what? No, that's not for me. uh, Without having invested tens of thousands of dollars in years of your life into a formal process program. Um, so I, I think that's kind of a, a neat way to, to look at it as a, as a risk-free trial.
1: But I think another thing people don't consider is like, okay, well, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, then you want to pursue that after university. Um, that's great. But after university, there's an opportunity cost associated with that, right? Because now you can be earning $150,000 in an investment banking role in New York, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to pass that up to go pursue entrepreneurship, which is a risk, right? Because now you have Debt to pay, you have to go actually start your life, right? So, the way I saw it was okay. Well, I had uh, ten years of education, and then I had another four years in high school, and I'm going to have another four years in university, and then I'm going to work for the next forty. So, I, I I never actually saw where I would have an opportunity to just go out on my own and do things, because then obviously you have all these new responsibilities, like you mentioned, like uh, a mortgage, a family, whatever, whatever it is. Um. And that was kind of frightening for me because for me, entrepreneurship is uh, being more afraid to not try than to fail. So that's where I was kind of like, hey, like this is, uh, this is the perfect time to just go out and try things. And, and yeah, that's kind of what I did.
0: I, I love it. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's a, a big piece, the if not now, then when. Um, right. And those who have the ability to look long-term and, and look down the line and are looking at their life path, um, a yeah. lot of them can see some of those those obstacles down the line for the things that they really, really want to um, either, no matter how you put it, whether it's check it off a bucket list or, yeah. uh, or test it out and see if it's the right path for you. Um, once you have been through university, then, um, then the world is different, and you have different priorities. So sometimes, right after high school, whether it's seeing the world and traveling, or starting a business, or uh, testing out different fields, uh, it's a really great time in your life where you have enough independence, you have enough knowledge um, yeah. to be able to take that on without, like you were saying before, the achy bones of um, <laughs> waiting till retirement to do some of yeah. these things. Um, sure, at that stage of life, you'll probably have a little bit more money. In the bank account, Um, but this is a great time to to be in the prime of your life to take on some of those projects or adventures or uh, challenges that you 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 see yourself doing, um, which I think is a really great lesson for people to open their eyes to.
1: Yeah, but but the thing is, like, I don't even know, like, when you're sixty-five, like, I don't see myself going to Bali and like doing like these things that typically younger people do, like just going on an adventure. I know maybe it's a little romanticized, but Going out and just trying things and, and not really being worried about what's going to happen. I think that that idea is 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 just so so unique to the youth experience, and I think that so many people aren't experiencing because they're just funneled through the system just so that they're kind of funneled into their economic role, and and that's great and all. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just, are you living your life to the fullest? Are you living the type of life that you want? And I think those those are the questions that sometimes people don't don't ask themselves before just pursuing a. a Education out of top school, right? Um, so those are all things that I think are important people need to kind of consider going forward.
0: Yeah, and the more conversations I have with people on gap years, the more this is becoming a real common trend. It's this ability to look at what your personal values are and Mm -hmm. what your goals are for yourself. And I I think that's something that is a conversation that doesn't happen in education. It doesn't happen in the school systems. And I think that it's it's not something that necessarily families are doing either. Um, Yeah, Yeah. And, and I think that is a huge misstep for, for people. Um, and, and I'm working with some people who are retiring even that, that yeah. still feel misaligned because they haven't done that work to really define what their, what their core values are and what their goals for their life are. Um, right. And so, so taking that time during a gap year to make space for that and to really figure it out um, has been a common thread, thread that's come up. And those people tend to find alignment with their education, and with their career path that has, has led them to be happier and, and more successful because they, they are aligned and they are living out um, the life that they, that they want for themselves.
1: Absolutely, and I, I think there's definitely something to be said for that personal development that you see in an extra year because something that I realized like in high school, the difference between a 14-year-old and a 15-year-old is crazy, right? You're growing at such an exponential rate in high school that it's kind of difficult to sometimes see um, like the forest from the, the trees. So understanding what you want to be in, in the, in the big picture is, is something that I didn't realize till later on. And I'm, I'm glad that I did. Um, but, but also then like looking at your personal relationships with your family and your friends and, and, and making sure that you actually put time and effort into those um, are all things that, you typically don't have time for when you're moving away trying to teach yourself how to cook and do laundry. Like there's a lot of different challenges, um, that, that come in, in first year university or college. So taking the time to, to just figure out what you value and then actually go pursue those things and and deal with some of those challenges. I don't know. I thought that that was just a more intuitive approach to, um, like living the best life that you can. Right. So again, I, I don't know if that's something that a lot of people thought about going into it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I would come to the same conclusion in university. I have no idea. But um, just making sure that you're looking at this period of hyper growth and just making sure that you're capitalizing uh, on it.
0: Yeah. I think it's, I think it's true. And I think being able to master some of the other skills is going to give you a leg up when you do go into post-secondary, because those, those will be things that you already are confident in and you're not taking it all on at once. Um, And you will have those solid relationships to lean back on. You will um, show up there already able to cook and do laundry uh, so that the other new pieces, whether that's um, living away from home for the first time or. um, navigating making new friends or the uh, extra burden of the academics that come in a in a higher ed program those are things that you can then focus on because the other stuff you've already got underfoot you already are confident in those other pieces so um, you can you can take it on in a different way.
1: I also think there's something to be said um, for the actual learning experience you then have in a university or college after so like I think with my case specifically when I look at this is obviously a prediction about what's going to happen, but I I think I'll get more out of the education because when you have a business that hopefully is successful, but who knows, let's say, I started a business and it fails. Let's just say that. I can then see different ways that I could have avoided that through my education. And I think that that experience and ties that whole educational experience um, and makes it personal. So it's actual, I, I think genuine learning as opposed to just memorizing it for the sake of a test. So Again, I think there's something to be said for them tying that experience that we've been talking about um, into your education. And um, yeah, like, I don't know, you look at most first years, like, their biggest experience was either being on student council or a camp counselor, which is nothing bad. But if you kind of take a year off to go either work at a startup or work um, in industry or start your own business or whatever, um, I think there's something to be said for the type of educational experience you're going to have. Um, going forward. So just another thing that came to mind.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think we look at education and and there's an emerging push towards experiential learning uh, because that's where the real learning happens. And quite often in the school system, the, the application process comes after the textbook learning but the way that you're flipping it and you're putting the experiential piece at the beginning then makes the learning relevant because you already connect it you can connect the dots as the information is coming in versus having to recall information that you learned that at the time didn't seem relevant Um, so i think that's a really interesting way to look at a flipped classroom or a flipped education is to get the the life experience first and then feed in and you will pick up that information because you already understand why it's important to learn that information moving forward.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely um, a lot to be said for experiential learning and and how that can, how a gap year can kind of play into that.
0: Yeah. Now you, you talk a lot about kind of starting your own business or getting involved in all of these these projects that you've been involved in. That yeah. can seem overwhelming for people. Uh, like, where do you get this information? How do you start? Um, can you talk a little bit about that process? Was that overwhelming for you? Was it easier than you thought? How did that all, all fall together?
1: So I heard this quote, it's like, if, if you want, like every entrepreneur wouldn't want to be an entrepreneur if they knew what being an entrepreneur was like. So that naivete is, is, is super key going into it. And definitely a good thing to have. Um, I obviously, I, I took all the business courses in high school. I, I did well in them. And I was like, Hey, well, like if I'm crushing these courses. I'm sure like it's how much harder can it be? Turns out that they don't actually teach you that much. There's actually the, the nuance of it, like how you fill out, a, a small business forum or how you incorporate like that's not actually taught. Um, but thankfully there's a lot of technology. There's a lot of um, support uh, on the internet. There's forums. You can just look to other friends who have maybe been through the process. There's incubator programs. So there, there's a ton of resources out there. Um, if I think like the first place to start, if you're interested, either look at league of innovators, they're out in DC kind of a organization supporting entrepreneurs, uh, you can look at, uh, there's, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's kind of a blogging page, medium.com. Just look up startups. There's a ton of blogs on there, um, or just browse the internet and kind of begin to, to learn. Um, cause like chances are probably there's been someone who's been through the same thing as you and has written about it. So if you can kind of learn from their mistakes, um, that's probably the best way to go about it. But yeah, like, I don't know. I I feel like once you get closer to certain people who you think are way smarter than you, you begin to realize at the risk of sounding a little pretentious, like they're not 20 times or 10 times smarter than you. They're marginally smarter than you. And that's mainly because of experience. Like everything can be learned. It just takes time and and commitment and kind of, um, again, just, just practicing over, over, over again. So through the first process, like I never really worked with, um, a technology startup. I worked with technology before, but never in kind of a startup sense. So um, there was a lot of new things that I had to learn about um, the, the actual technology and, and tech strategy. But thankfully, I had a lot of um, friends who had been through the process. So kind of having that sounding board and asking them questions was really, really valuable. Another thing that I found, um, I, I think maybe my, made my transition a little bit easier. i, I, I been in leadership positions in the past in high school. So um, that team management was already down. I think those personal skills were already down. So it's kind of ready to rock um, for business. So I think I had a good foundation going into it. But like I said, I think that the nuance, um, that's where everything is done in business. It's all about the execution. Like ideas are easy, but making sure that you can actually do it and do it well um, is, is really, really important. So going into it, um, I'd start off by just reading it, read a lot of books, um, learn as much as you can about it, have a lot of conversations with people who have done it already, because if you can have learned from their experience, great. Um, obviously listening to podcasts is is another great form of, of learning YouTube videos. Like there's so much information about entrepreneurship out there. You just need to go out there and find it. Um, yeah. In, in terms of like working on multiple projects and, and project management, it's, kind of just comes down to time management making sure that you're optimizing every second that you have um so use a calendar use a notebook Mm -hmm. uh but like yeah there's not um much to it it's just making sure that you're kind of rigorous with your time and as efficient as possible i hope that answered your question yeah
0: no i think that's great and i think for, for people who are considering starting a business or getting involved in another organization, the, the two key pieces are really, um, number one, know what you're looking for because yeah. Google can be very overwhelming. Uh, yeah. If you just type in entrepreneurship, uh, the hits you're going to get are not necessarily exactly what you're looking for. So being able to define specifically what you're looking for will really help narrow it down and give you the resources that you need. Yeah. Um but I think even a stronger than, than Google is what you were talking about with talking to people, is yeah. leveraging the networks that you have, whether that's your parents, your aunts and uncles, uh, your peers, or even approaching your local small business center um, and having conversations with people and asking them where to get started. Because like you said, people have been in your shoes before, maybe not the exact business that you're looking for, but something close enough that they can get the first couple of steps moving and really those are are sometimes the largest hurdle is is just getting the the wheel turning and once it starts turning then things start to flow from there so um so definitely knowing what you're looking for and then having conversations with people will 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 make it a lot easier and a lot less overwhelming. And in those conversations, other people will help you narrow down your ideas as well. Uh, Because if you can't articulate it succinctly enough, um, they will ask questions and they will, they will help you to come down with the, the, the very bare bones, basic information that you need in order to be able to find the resources that you need.
1: I think it's like super important to have those conversations. And I think that being young is, is a huge advantage. I think people don't see it as an advantage in business, but there's people who have been in your spot and also who didn't know how to get started. But the fact that you're, you're trying to figure it out at 17, 16, 18, whatever age you are, um, is, is super impressive to them. And they're like, Hey, like they see a little bit of, of themselves in you um, and they're going to want to help you. So make sure that you, It sounds bad, but like take advantage of that Um, approach people who have been successful and be like, Hey, like, this is what I'm working on. Uh, I'd love to sit down and grab a coffee. And a lot of the time you're going to get a no, like these are busy people, but nonetheless, like you asked and you made that kind of uh, connection and, and who knows, like there are certain people who um, look to uh, have those conversations with young people and kind of give back. Um, People like to talk about mentorship and big tip, like some people, Uh, like to say oh yeah go find a mentor that's not how it works you need to develop a genuine relationship with that person but who knows like it can kind of later on develop into that mentor mentee relationship Um, and that can be something super valuable for your entrepreneurial career or whatever other career you want to you want to pursue so yeah have those conversations super important
0: yeah and I think what people don't realize is their networks are way bigger than they think they are oh yeah. um because once you start asking people, uh it may not be like a first degree of separation, but three or four degrees of separation down the line there's somebody who can help you um, so the more that you put it out there and and there's this kind of like froofy like put it out into the universe, and it will happen um which is. Not my way of doing things, but you have to put it publicly for people to understand what you're looking for and then for them to step up. So whether that's putting it out on your social media um, that this is what you're looking for or talking about it at parties that you go to or um, writing about it in, in for various public forums, uh, yeah. then people know what you're looking for and they're willing to step up and connect you to the right people. So you do have to um, put it out there to leverage the networks that you have access to.
1: So the thing is with that, I think there's a huge asterisk. like a lot of people do that. But the main thing you need to do, well, like think about when doing that is, is it, are you being authentic? Because I see so many people doing this, like putting out their message and that's great, but it gets annoying because like, yes, we saw your medium article. We saw that you're doing this, like, great. We're happy for you, but making sure that you're actually being genuine when approaching these people and actually uh, think about how you can provide them value um, is again, super important because I think if you're just going to parties and like, yeah, I'm doing this, that, and whatever the other thing, like just, just be yourself, be authentic and, and be genuine. Um, don't try to like use people cause I know that sometimes people do that, but yeah, like totally putting your message out there is, is super important. Um, making sure you have a, a good social media presence, um, huge key. And and, and the, the earlier you start that the better, but like I've heard stories, like there's this one venture capital firm shrug capital. It started off as like, a meme account. They actually ended up raising a fund literally off just posting memes. Um, so there's stuff like that, um, where if you have a good social media presence, good things will happen. Um, but making sure that you're authentic about doing that and and, and genuine throughout the process is is also super important.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. And, and to reemphasize that it it, it is about the relationships, Mm -hmm. um, it's not about, um, uh, promoting yourself or promoting your idea or, uh, being a walking billboard. Um, yeah. it's, it's about having those, those meaningful conversations with people. Um, and, and you can be strategic about it as long as yeah, there is, absolutely. um, there is a level of understanding about what that, what that looks like. Yeah. Um, so networking is another, another skill.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely.
0: So how would you compare yourself right now uh, to your grade 12 self? Where have you seen the biggest growth over the course of your your gap year?
1: Um, okay. So like I said, um, there's definitely been a lot of growth in the way I think about problems, my critical thinking, um, how I apply my knowledge. So I think like that first off is, is, has grown a lot. Um, again, just the, the practical thinking, um, I also think I'd like to think Um, I've grown a lot personally. Uh, I've been able to develop a lot of meaningful relationships and and stronger relationships with my family and, and my friends. So that's been great. Um, And I I think the main thing that I've noticed a change in is just uh, I I was a little like loud and boisterous in high school, which wasn't a bad thing. I was like the guy who would like hop on stage um, like this, classic like student council guy and like that that's great being great like outgoing is is awesome but nonetheless I think like being more reflective and uh thinking critically about my actions is something that um I've seen over the last couple months so it's definitely a process um I I still have to work on it but I, I think that we're I'm on the right path headed in the right direction so yeah like I think that's the main areas of growth for me um, in comparison to grade 12. Um, but yeah, like nonetheless, there's still a lot to to do, so yeah, that's kind of I'd say the main things.
0: That's amazing. We'll we'll come back in a couple months and we'll 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 do an update on <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> how, how else you've grown and changed. Yeah. Um, so so obviously you're you're pretty connected with your with your peers, and a lot of them have gone on to post secondary. Yep. Um, so what unique challenges or opportunities have you really noticed between you and your peers? Um, either either things that have gone really well for you or things that have been extra challenging for you, um, doing something different than them.
1: So, okay. So here's the biggest thing. And like, uh, it's like, it's socially challenging. Cause how do you go out and make friends when you're on gap year? You don't kind of have that main area where you can go out and meet people, run into a lot of people. So the main thing that I realized is I'm going to have to put myself out there a lot. And whether that be attending networking events or, um, going out and kind of reaching out to people on social media like there's there's ways to make friends but making sure that you're kind of continuing to develop those personal relationships with new people is something challenging because i think like when you're in school it's, it's so easy you just bump into people oh they're in your class oh you have this class you like that professor no but there's there's kind of a a very easy way to connect with people right and being on gap year where you don't have that commonality between you um it becomes a lot more challenging so At first, that was definitely a challenge for me. I think that obviously there is a little bit of uh, social stigma around taking a gap year. People automatically assume like you're, oh, you just didn't get in or you're dumb or whatever. You're going to just ruin your life. You're not going to go to university. (laughs) Like There's there's a lot of things that people think about gap years that isn't necessarily true. So making sure that you can deal with that. I wouldn't say social isolation, but um, sometimes it feels like you're a little bit of a a hermit or a monk just kind of away from the world. Um, So making sure that you, you kind of uh, know the grass is not as green as it seems. Um, And, and realizing that you need to continue to put yourself out there uh, and meet new people because otherwise you're going to, I don't know, you'll just be sad. Uh, So that was, that was, for me, the biggest challenge. Um, I I was actually like, like I said, I I would like to think I'm a pretty outgoing person. Um, but nonetheless, like that was my biggest concern. So my biggest opportunity is I I think that I have a lot more time. So that means that I have a lot more time to learn about the things I want to pursue different, uh, things. So if I want to go out and, uh, learn about X, Y, Z thing, I can go do that. If I want to go to this networking event, it's not that I have a class, I can just go do it. So there's a lot of freedom associated with that, but I think that freedom is like the cousin of chaos. And I think that if you're not constantly checking yourself and making sure that you're on the right track, it will end up, your life will just end up descending into chaos and you won't really know what's going on. So making sure that you're constantly doing um, things that are pushing you closer towards your goals, um is important because like when I went into my gap year I I didn't have like uh okay between July and August I'm going to be doing this between this and that like I didn't have like a plan I said here are the things I want to do um just kind of a, a, a rough framework of things that I thought were interesting and that I wanted to pursue um and I went out to accomplish them and if if I don't accomplish all of them that's fine because I'm constantly adding to that list taking off that list revising it but making sure that you have that list in mind is is really important going into it so yeah two things the challenges are I think like the social kind of isolation in some ways Um, maybe some of the stigma associated with the gap here but the opportunities is a a ton of freedom Um, and a a lot of uh, different things that you can and do and, and, and different people you can connect with. So, yeah, I I think that answers.
0: Yeah, no, that's perfect. And, and I think it's really interesting that you talk about, um, the, the isolation and, and as a student, you have kind of friends of convenience that are that are there and they're you're bound to run into somebody that you like enough to call a friend uh and to do things with and to to stay social and one of the things when I talk to families about planning their gap year is making sure they have something built into their year to keep them social whether that's with their existing friends that are still living locally or whether that is joining a, a sports league or taking up a new hobby that is a social hobby so that they have the opportunity to stay connected to other humans um, and, and not just by social media or text messaging. Um, but yeah. There is a, a human-to-human component there because that's a, that's a skill that continues through adulthood is the ability to make new friends because aside from your workplace, there there is no... Forced friendship or friends of convenience, so being able to put yourself out there and to connect with other people is uh, is a skill that's going to serve you in the long term um, yeah. and and something that's that people don't realize and you're getting that dose of reality now versus at twenty two graduating university uh, yeah. where that becomes a reality, so I think it's something that you can then continue to hone over the course of your um, your your studies after your gap year too yeah um, absolutely. And so I, th- I think that's such a such an important piece, and um, it's something that I hear a lot. So actually, this September we, or this late August, we're actually having a, a gap year frosh week. Um, oh, so we're we're bringing together people who have committed to a gap year to get together while their friends are heading off to uh, their frosh weeks. We're going to bring together a bunch of people on gap years so they can have a similar experience and they can build up a network of other people going through similar experiences. Yeah. Um. To hopefully build that or to re- reduce that that sense of being alone or or not having anybody who's on the similar path. So, um, yeah. So, i hear you and uh and uh, we're we're adjusting accordingly and and creating a community of people who can then support each other when it does feel a little bit lonely or there.
1: no that sounds amazing
0: yeah so that's going to be a, a fun project for us so um so for those who are who are listening um stay tuned for more information on that yeah. um and I love the I love the quote that you you used. Uh, freedom is the cousin of chaos, um, I, and and freedom is also the cousin of like indecision and stalling out.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um. And and I think that that sometimes is what deters people from taking a gap year, when they say, "Well, it's what can I do on a gap year?" And I say, "Anything." If that's exactly it. It's overwhelming. Well,
1: like you um, know when you were saying like going to you, you spend five minutes to pick. Uh, food at a restaurant and I was like yeah well not for some people because like that's the thing you have so many different options nowadays it's just like what the heck like what do I want yeah. sometimes you know but a lot of the time like you the world's your oyster and it's just overwhelming so figuring out like a couple different types of foods that you want to taste test throughout the year and, and making sure you go to those restaurants is is important so yeah
0: yeah well and, and I think that's exactly it is is yeah. that whether you have pizza or sushi tonight tomorrow night you could have the other one on a gap right. year um, so, so it's not committing f- to something for the rest of your life you, you are just testing things out and 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 sampling things along the way um, and I think that is the beauty and the challenge of, of the freedom that comes with a gap year um, totally. is, is you haven't been presented with that much freedom and that could seem very overwhelming so making that list having uh, a loose plan um, yeah. is, is really valuable or even mm-hmm. beyond that, just setting some goals for yourself. What are the things that I would like to um, experience or accomplish or um, who what types of relationships do I want to form over the course of this year right. um, can really, really um, set you on the right path, um, which I think is is a is a great piece of information for, for people who are thinking about it. Absolutely. Um, is there any other pieces that we haven't touched on that uh, you would like to to share before we wrap up?
1: um main thing is is just people need to consider a gap year as a viable option like don't just think okay is it college is it university or is it the workplace but the taking a gap year is also uh uh, like the fourth option and i think that a lot of people don't even consider it like i know for me it was just like yeah go to university that's what my family wants i'm gonna make them proud great um and uh that's challenging at times, um, so make sure that you're kind of prepared to have that conversation with your family. Um, but it doesn't have to be right. Um, you have organizations like the Canadian Gap Year Associations um, that is kind of ready to to help with that. So, if if you can go out there and and actually think that hey, maybe this is something that would interest me, or maybe that this is something um, I should consider. Maybe there's some other things that I want to do. Um, those are all important things. Making sure that you um kind of look at the big picture what you want to accomplish in your life. Um are all all super important things. And then the last thing is I, I think people need to consider entrepreneurship as kind of a a viable career option, a viable um option for your gap year. Because I think sometimes entrepreneurship is like, oh, this is a CEO. Like you have so much respect for these people. But once you kind of begin to get closer with them, it gets demystified. It's it's not as daunting as it seems. It's just someone with an idea who filled out a piece of paper and all of a sudden they're a CEO. So it's it's not um, as, as impressive or crazy as it seems. And it, it really is something that anyone can do. Um, and there's a lot of learning that you can do throughout that process. So making sure that uh, you, you you value and out, weigh out all the options um, before you kind of just go with the status quo and do what your friends are doing.
0: I love I love that message, um, and I think that it's it's so important coming from you who's living it um, for people to to just listen to that 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 there are so many options out there and none none of the options are bad options. Um, and, and no matter what you choose, you're going to take learning from that and you're going to carry that forward in your life. Um, and, and I think a lot of the other options people see as a, as a, as a product, as a, as a final destination. Like you go to university, you get your degree, you go to college, you get your diploma, you get your job, you get a paycheck with a gap year. It's, it's a, Piece of the journey. Um, it's not a final destination. You're not going to take a gap year for the rest of your life. You're not going to come out at the end of your gap year with, with something all tied up in a nice little package. Um, but it's, it's a step in the journey. And I think that's a, a misconception. People think that if you take a gap year, that's the end, whereas it's just a stepping stone for whatever the following steps are. Um, right. And
1: I, I think a lot of people don't realize that that end destination is most likely going to change throughout that gap year. Like there's, there's so many different things that you're going to learn throughout the year and you might not go back to university. You might go to college instead. You might go to right into the workplace. You might just pursue that business that you're working on or or continue with that uh, volunteer association, like whatever it is, like that end goal is uh, not predetermined It moves. So taking more time to figure that out and who you are kind of apart from all these societal norms (laughs) um, is important so yeah
0: all right wonderful now uh you've brought up so many great points and you clearly uh are are very uh interesting and i'm sure you have a social media presence uh so some folks may want to continue to follow up with you um so how can they stay in touch with you if they're interested
1: so i'm most active on my twitter so if you want to dm me on there you kind of get daily updates um my Instagram all kind of good options my last name is kind of ridiculous so check it out below Um, I'm sure that they're going to be in the podcast notes so yeah
0: Wonderful. Yeah. We'll link to all of your, uh, contact information in the show notes. So if folks do want to follow up with you and, uh, see where all of these projects end up taking you, um, I'm sure that would be a great place to do that. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today and sharing all of your insights.
1: No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Take care.
1: All right. Bye.